Three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live, sir. Well, we think we're live. It shows live in my feed. I yep. got a guy um, with us. I'm going to just jump into the show, John. We can do shout outs later since we're starting sure. a little bit sure, late. Sure, sure, sure. For those of you tuning in 15 minutes late, uh, we have switched to a really cool platform called Switchboard Live. John and I are starting to learn how to use it, so bear with us. And it's going to be a really good segue into the show after I'm done chatting with Rudy on how to grow a podcast and the. Um, the trials and um, pluses and minuses and uh, the errors and correct things that we've done throughout the last year and a half or so. So I'll bring on our first guest, Rudy Ellis. He is the um, founder of Switchboard Live. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Uh, it might be through his feed, but if you can't, I don't really matter right now. I want to hear from Rudy. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. So tell us what Switchboard Live is. Sure. Um, so Switchboard Live is a, is a cloud platform, cloud software that allows anyone, any type of content creator, big or small, like A.E. Wheelhouse to the Philadelphia Eagles to, um, you know, uh, folks that are at different television stations to be able to take live video and publish it to all the destinations where their audience is watching um, simultaneously. So in traditional world live video, you're going to pick one platform, Facebook or YouTube or Periscope. With Switchboard Cloud, you can choose um, all of them, right? You can take your one single stream and publish it to all your destinations simultaneously. Well, it sounds like Maggie is tuning in and saying, we hear you fine, Mo. Perfect. That makes me very, very happy. You must have awesome. meant uh, wheelhouse big, Philadelphia Eagles small when you said that, by the way. <laughs> hey, you take it how you want to. So um, I'm a I'm a huge Eagles fan. Looking forward to the upcoming season. Huge so. Bears fan over here. So um, <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to double back sometime later as the season progresses and see 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 where we stand. Yeah, let's uh, just do, definitely do that. So obviously, John and I know the benefits of being live and having live video. Um, tell us what you think the benefits of actually having a live video as opposed to something you pre-record and then you post up on a platform is. Sure. So, I mean, I think just being able to have um, folks tune in and be a part of, you know, this, right, this interaction, this engagement, right, you know, just the banter we have, um, you know, having this recorded and then uploaded, you know, you're, you're not going to get that same type of, of a reaction or engagement that we would that we are able to get, you know, feedback, the real time comments, the real time participation, right, that you're going to get with VOD. Sure, you can leave a comment. Sure, you can reply back to that. But that, you know, FOMO, right, that fear of missing out, fear of what potentially can happen, what, what are you talking about, um, you, you lose that with VOD, in, in my opinion, right? And so, um, so live is, is what people are used to, um, you know, having from interaction, you know. So, so live video is just another extension of that as well. Yeah, I really like that. And for, for people who are listening, Switchboard Live doesn't have to be for somebody doing a podcast or a netcast like we are. It can. We, we spoke off air a little bit as we were um, preparing for the show, and we, we talked about a realtor who was using it. We have a lot of realtors that listen into the show. Sure. They use it to be able to live stream some video to different platforms, correct? Yeah, you know, think think about um, you know all the different types of use cases for, for live video. You know, um, you know, if you take a step back and just look at just how people are consuming video it's it's changing people are using different apps um you know they're using different platforms it's so fragmented and you as a as a person content creator brand whatever whatever it is whatever message you have you know you want to make sure that people are tuning in on those platforms you know um, to the best of their ability and so so that's kind of like our goal is we want to take a real techie you know, approach and just, you know, boil it down to something simple so that, hey, I'm doing a weekly show. I know people are going to watch it, whether they're on their phone, they're in front of a computer, they're on their iPad, but they're, they may be on Facebook, they may be on YouTube, they may be on Periscope. Um, how can I make sure that they will be able to see the great quality content or, or house showing that I'm doing, right, on those platforms? And, and that's, that's really what we're looking to do and, and make it really simple for that to happen. Yeah, it's great that 
right now we could go live on a lot of different platforms because John and I were going live on Facebook before and then we would take the video and then we would put it on YouTube. But like you said, the interaction, like, you know, I see Maggie is commenting, John said, hey guys, and that interaction we have with our guests and sometimes the guests that we have on friends as they share the video feeds are interacting with them. Sure. You don't really get that once we post it to YouTube now right. uh, or before. Now we're going to get that. And I, and I love the ability to be able to do that. Um, question, which platforms are kind of the, the big platforms right now? And I know it, it, the landscape's ever changing, but right now, if you had to name like the big couple, which one are they? So I would probably say there's probably the top four, right? Um, and then there's probably one coming in, in, in fifth place. So you have your Facebook, right? Which if you think about it, it's only been a live video the last couple of years. You know, five years ago, there was no Facebook Live, right? right? Um, well, in fact, when we started, we kind of built our product. We built the logic around YouTube because it was YouTube. It was Justin TV. It was Ustream, right? Those yeah. were some of the things that people were really using. Um, but now if you fast forward to 2019, you have Facebook, you have obviously, um, Twitter, um, Twitter timeline, which is via Periscope producer and you have YouTube as probably the top three, I would say. Um, and then when you start getting kind of outside of that and you get niche, Twitch, right? It's very, very huge, right? You have Twitch and Mixer who are appealing more towards, um, kind of the gaming community. Yeah. Um, and you're going to see that to, to now become more generalized platforms. So it's not just gamer centric. There will be other, and, and on Twitch, there actually are. They call it IRL in real life, right? Where you could be any type of creative and you're streaming there. Um, so those are probably be the top four that people are requesting. Um, and then what's coming up is, um, we're starting to see more people want, and ask about LinkedIn, right? So yeah. LinkedIn's a great platform, um, a different type of social network for subject matter experts or people that are, you know, have, you know, content that is really, you know, topical for HR or, or product release or, or software releases. Um, folks are looking to either um, support LinkedIn as well. So for us, it's great, right? Because we want to be that connector. We want to be that platform that allows your content to get there. Um, and our goal is to simplify that again to make it easy for you to do so. I love that you mentioned LinkedIn because it's been really only two weeks where I've gotten very serious about LinkedIn. And we had a guest on the show who's got 57,000 followers. Shout out to Corey Warfield. And you know, wow. he, he was sitting there and he was, he was telling me about all the benefits of LinkedIn. And he's a tech guy like you. Uh, I'd be a great guy for, for you to connect with. Um, sure. He's got a tech startup. And he... Um, you know, he, he was going live, he was just making videos and posting them. And then now he can go LinkedIn live. But after speaking to him, I got motivated. I made the same video and it was pre-recorded because I can't go LinkedIn live on yeah. LinkedIn. And then I posted on Facebook and I got two to three times more views on LinkedIn. And that wasn't even uh, the most interesting part. The most interesting part was they were totally different people. So the people that were viewing my stuff on, fa on uh, Facebook and, and commenting and interacting with me were a completely different group of people than the people that were mm -hmm. interacting with me on LinkedIn. And I said, right. wow, I've really been kind of crap in the bed here. I've only been focusing on one thing, not on multiple platforms, um, and, and I'm missing this whole audience that I, I was just not touching at all. Well, think about it. So, you know, we've we've had cases where folks who have a real, real strong audience on, let's just say YouTube, right? So they they have their weekly content, they're doing their weekly shows, and they want to now offer video on Facebook and Periscope. That decision of alienating one and, and then dropping it and going to the other or having multiple cameras up or phones up or whatever, you don't have yeah. to do that, right? So it's it's a great way to even test the market, right? You can... You can, you can say, hey, you know what, here's my YouTube audience, I'm going to continue that, but I also want to now start focusing on Facebook, and you could do that with the same workflow, right? You can even cater your messaging to even be a little bit more specific. Maybe, you know, URLs or hashtags or call to actions are going to be different on your LinkedIn posts than they're going to be on YouTube or Facebook. So, you know, giving you the tools to be able to really figure out the best way to go live and support the live platforms is, is I think a key to success. Well, I'm glad you guys are around. How did you get started in this? So I, I've been in live video probably, I don't know, close to probably about 15 years, right? Um, probably dating myself. I used to work at companies where we provided um, the streaming services for um, athletic universities. So like 
Oregon Ducks, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, their athletic websites um, were supported by the companies that I worked with. Um, and so I got super excited about just live video, right? Um, and and then I had an opportunity to stay at you know said company and be an IT manager, and it wasn't something I was passionate about. So I said, "Hey, I could go do this on my own." So I took that you know proverbial plunge and 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 left the job, with, you know. But um, and said, "Hey, let me go go figure this out." And um, and really, there was a, a customer of ours who said, "Hey, how can I stream to?" my company website as well as my other website right and that was that always stuck in my head i'm like there should be a way to do that and you fast forward to where we're at today that's that's really um what we're looking to achieve is to make that make that process simple fantastic and brave of you because a it's very brave to leave a job and become an entrepreneur but when you left your job to become an entrepreneur in a space that you were almost uh re you weren't reinventing a wheel you were creating the wheel uh, subcategory yeah it, oh yeah yeah new subcategory exactly and that's honestly i didn't mean to cut you off that was actually a challenge because yeah. you know we were out here pitching this new idea this new product and people were like why would i want to do that like i can just go to facebook and tell everybody tune in here we're like you're absolutely right but um i think what really um piqued my interest and really what proved the, the hypothesis that i had was we we actually did an event this was in 2014 right so the streamies award show think the golden globes for influencers right it's out in la it's at the beverly hills Hilton hotel and they used our product to stream to 10 different youtube channels they had a myspace page with had a live player and they were using a product called Snappy TV, right? Um, they brought us in to help just do the distribution, right? So we were there on site as the technical guys helping with distributing it, um, really to cut down on cost of a satellite truck, right? So that's how they were leveraging our platform. But here's where I really realized the power of what we were doing is um, their marketing team was sending out you know, tweets and messages and posts, hey, come watch this event, Sunday night, 7 p.m., Streamies.org, they had an embedded player, and people were tuning in watching it. Um, about 70,000, 80,000 people, I believe, through a two-hour block watched it. Wow. In parallel, going to the 10 different YouTube channels and MySpace and so forth, 480,000 people tuned in. Wow. No, no marketing dollars, no marketing message, because all of those channels had audiences. And when those channels went live, hey, I'm going to go watch this. Hey, I'm going to go watch this. They all tuned in. And that's when it clicked. I'm like, wait a minute. All right, the technology is cool, right? But the power to connect and grow your audience and bring people in, that's really, you know, that's really what's there. And, and trying to figure out how to make that happen is really, you know, the goal of Switchboard Live. I think we're just at phase one, right? Just introducing people how to do this. But I see a world where we could say, hey, you want this type of demographic, this type of audience? Switchboard Live can bring that audience and make that connection happen. I really like that, and it's 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 crazy that you say it's in the infant stage. It's because I mean I'm, I I just sometimes take a step back, and I I now consume a lot of uh, like podcast information. I, I feel like our access as human beings to information is exponential now. I mean I'm it is. you're you're in Philly, I'm here in Chicago. We're talking and we're spreading out to a lot of platforms, and how many people are doing what we're doing right now across the world? It, it's exponential. So it, it's so cool. But like you said, you're like in the infant stages because the platform seems like it's or the industry is ever changing. So now you sure. have obviously the the difficulty of making sure you stay on the forefront of that. I don't envy oh. that, but it's obviously it seems like it's one of those things you're passionate about is just figuring out how to better what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 on a day day to day basis, you know, for me, a small team. How do we stay focused? How do we give our customers what they want? How do we make sure that we are innovative? We are pushing the needle. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and live is, is evolving. I mean, and the crazy thing is, if you look outside of just the continent of the United States, we, we are so behind really? <laughs> when it comes to live video. Oh, really? my goodness. There's probably, so you asked me to top, you know, a couple platforms. There's probably 100 platforms in like China and Asia and so forth that are 
um, and they're they're niche, they're they're focused, and they have millions and millions and millions of users on a daily basis um, that that are using live video. Now, granted, majority of them are on on phone and so forth or mobile, but that's that's just you know the feeder, right? That's where it's starting, and it's it's so many more platforms that are, that exist out of, outside of you know just kind of the continent of the United States. Well, I haven't been to China, but I just imagine and I'm going to hold my phone up for a second. Everybody's glued to their phones now. There. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a it's like it's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing, right? So yeah, yeah you know. I mean, if you can if you can manage how long you're going to spend your time on it, um, then you're fine. But again, the access to consuming information is so incredible now because of the things you guys are doing and the ability to access information online. Uh, you know, I, I was joking with somebody the other day when I needed to figure out what the answer to a question was, or if I was writing a paper, I had encyclopedias and my, my family had bought encyclopedias and sure. I'd go down there yeah. and look and now I can go yeah. on Google or if I want to learn about somebody, I might listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast. And now I got, you know, his entire life story. It's, it's, uh, I love it. I think, I think it's a big plus, but of course, I, I typically say, like, I think on a daily basis, um, it's just like YouTube, right? Just the ability to go to YouTube and search and someone's already done that right someone has a, a video for what you're looking to accomplish um and in fact just to kind of you know dovetail back to the live video even if you're not using youtube as you know your main kind of viewing source you definitely want to have your content there because youtube is the second biggest search engine behind google so if you're searching for something and you have a video that has that topic it's going to show up you know as part of your your search query you know so it's it's in your best interest to always have you know, your library, your content. Now you have to put title descriptions and tags and so forth. But from a searchability and discoverability standpoint, you know, that's, that's like a necessity in my, my book. And how smart of Google to buy YouTube. <laughs> number one search Crazy. engine, now number two search engine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they have it. Do you have any advice for people who, and, and I try this in my offices and when I'm coaching and training to just encourage people to go live. But when I say it, nobody really wants to listen to me, people at least that are close to me. Any advice for people who are like, ah, I don't feel comfortable going live or I don't want to go live. I feel like I'm going to sound like an idiot going live. Any advice for those people? Well, you know, I'm probably, honestly, I'm in the same boat, right? Because, you know, I, I, I'm passionate about the content, but I'm not an influencer or, or per se, I don't regularly do it um, myself. I don't, you know, sort of practice what I preach from a product standpoint. But by having, you know, these conversations, by talking, by going and being a part of, you know, different shows, consistency is definitely key, right? You definitely have to make sure once you start that you are going live, you know, with that consistent cadence, you know, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, because that's the only way you're going to build an audience. People, you want them to expect that content's going to be there. Um, and then kind of like what you and I were chatting about is you have to do it, right? You know, we've, we did a thing um, for last Christmas. We, we called it the 12 days of, of Christmas. So each day we did a live stream just talking about a different deal that we were doing. Um, and it was cool, right? And so that was part of it. It was like we said, hey, we're going to do something that we we don't typically do where we, we have all this great information, but we're not doing it. So let's get out here on this show that we, we too are doing that. I mean, it was fantastic. It was, you know, we were doing all different types of gear that we talk about in encoders and, and so forth. But um, I, I would say the first thing is you got to get out there. You have to do it. You have to get over, you know, that fear of not knowing what to say. Um, it's just like anything, right? You have to do it a couple of times and you will, you know, gradually get better. And then the second thing is consistency. You know, you have yeah. to be consistent on, on doing on a, on a, you know, consistent basis. It's weird for me because I used to be very nervous to go live and I, people say, well, you don't seem nervous now. And I'm like, yeah, it, it practice makes perfect in almost anything you do. And I got more used to it. Mm -hmm. Now, if I pre-record, like I said, I had recorded that LinkedIn video. When I pre-record, I'm way worse than when I go You're live. Critical, right? Very You're super critical. critical. I'm like, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, I can press stop and I can re-record this, and then I'm I'm just judging myself constantly, and yeah. I'm in my head. Whereas when it goes live, well, shit, you're live, and whatever you say is going to go out there. And I feel like I'm way more on now when I'm live, and I I try to tell people that. And I think the biggest concern is that the interaction. What if somebody asks me something I don't know? Well, then don't answer it right away on air. You can always comment later. Sure. But I tell people now, I'm way worse if you pre-record me if you just stuff a camera in my face i'm awful but if you make me go live and i can just talk to somebody like i would if you and i were actually 
you know, having coffee or lunch, I'm way better that way. It's also that, um, you know, it's you're being authentic. You're in the moment. You're you're engaging. Whereas when you are recording, you know that, hey, I can go back and edit, clean this up or, hey, I'll take care of that in post. Right. I'll I'll, you know, splice or what have you. But when you're when we're doing this. You're absolutely right. There's there's no re-record, um, and and that's also a pressure too. Unfortunately, right? You want to make sure that you you know you have the microphone, you have good quality audio because you know people will tune in you know to crappy video. But if you have crappy video and crappy audio, you know your audience is going to go. Right? right? They definitely can't tolerate that. Agreed. And uh, how does somebody find you guys? So where do they go and how do they sign up to use Switchboard Live? Yeah. So our uh, website is switchboard.live, www.switchboard.live. You know, we're Facebook, YouTube, you know, Twitter. That's our handle is at Switchboard Live. Um, We have what we call a a 20-minute mode where you can just sign up. You can kick the tires around. You can add your encoder. You can add your destinations. You can try it out for 20 minutes to make sure that this is something you want to do. And then once you do that, you can enter into a full seven-day free trial um, and stream at your heart's content. Sorry for the, you know, live, right? You got this background siren. I don't know if you guys can hear that. No. Uh, Well, I hear it. It bothered the crap out of me. (laughs) I tried to stay focused. But um, you could, uh, you know, sign up for the seven-day free trial and, uh, you know, and and stream it, you know, as much as you need for that period. And then um, we have different types of pricing models where it's monthly, quarterly, or or, um, annual pricing. Great. And uh, we always ask this on the show every time we have a guest in studio. And I, you're a fantastic entrepreneur. And we spoke off air. You've gone through Techstars. You've done so much and really innovated something as, as opposed to reinventing the wheel. And there's nothing wrong with reinventing the wheel. I tell people all the time, if you're in an industry where you can reinvent the wheel, don't be a dummy and just try to do something totally different right. that's going to make you fail. But you, you, you're an innovator in a sense. Any advice for an entrepreneur or somebody starting a business? doesn't have to be in your sphere of uh, work. Well, I, I think one of the things for me um, when I started out, so I was working a nine to five in the corporate world, you know, um, I knew nothing about entrepreneurship, to be honest. Um, but what I did do is I, I read a ton. I listened to a ton of podcasts. I, I did a lot of that due diligence and I built up enough understanding of what I needed to do to kind of take that plunge, right? I didn't want to take an uneducated plunge, but I knew that I was, I, this was part of my, you know, my next iteration in my life. So I would say for that person that's thinking about, you know, doing something, you know, think about how many hours there are in a week, right? You can, you can fraction off, you know, two to three hours, whether it's a day or a week or, or, you know, um, to kind of really start focusing on putting your ideas on paper and then being able to take that plunge. Um, I, I think it's the best decision ever made, right? You know, for me to do that. Um, and so my advice would be if you have an idea, if you have something, um, you know, dedicate some time, maybe get up an extra hour early, just put in the work to, to, to kind of validate and vet that idea. Um, and, and, and really, you know, do as much, I guess, due diligence about that. And then the second thing is think of other people that would be, that would want to be a part of this, right? If you're able to sell someone on an idea, right. no pay, none of that. Like, Hey, I got this idea. What do you think about it? Um, you know, don't be like, I'm not going to tell anyone my idea because they're going to steal it. No one's going to be as passionate about your idea as you are. You want to validate that. You want to make sure that, hey, you know what? You're right, Rudy. That That is something that I deal with or, or a struggle that I have or a problem that I overcome or I would pay for that thing. That, that would probably be the second thing. I, I mean, I couldn't tell. I could not count how many people I told about this idea when I had it. And um, and it was it was necessary. It was one of those things I had to do. Well, b- both really good points. Yeah, the first one, obviously. And b- to the first one, have you ever seen Arnold Schwarzenegger's speech on how yep. many hours you have? And he goes, how many hours? Yep, exactly. That people was- they want to sleep eight hours of sleep faster. And he's it like... Said sleep faster. When I heard that, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I love like that. He, but when he broke it down, right? If yeah. you really think about it, he's absolutely right. In, the, in a day, how many hours are there? Um, and if you're really passionate about something... And it's something you want to do. You're going to do it, right? Yeah. And and so um, I, me personally, I've changed my alarm goes up at 4:50 every day. Yikes! I I've changed. My, I had to change my my just my schedule, my time, you know, and everything 
because and the reason why I do that, no one's bothering me at four five o'clock in the morning. No right. phone calls. You know, I can just zero in and, and I call it a Rudy sprint where I'm able to focus for at least sixty minutes before I do anything with my wife or my son or any of that, right? So that's that's the, the thing that I, I had to do um, in order for me to kind of get where we, we need to get as a company. So you got to make that sacrifice, especially if you're passionate about it. It's fantastic. And to your second point, um, I, I totally agree. You know, if you're fearful that somebody's going to take your idea, well, by the time you launch, somebody else can take it and replicate it, but they might not be as passionate as you. And what a great way to just have people that you're close to or people that you know that you hopefully are going to be honest with you give you honest feedback because sure. a lot of I, I've had ideas and I do this to my dad all the time ones that he thinks are good or great and the ones he's like ah oh, well starts to poke holes and I'm like wow I did not think of those things because it was, I was it was so close to my chest and I I liked it so much but had right. I not taken the time to actually take criticism or take advice um, I would have probably gone down and spent some money on something I probably shouldn't have moved forward with. Yeah, yeah, you got you get, like they, what they say. Get out the office, right? You got to get out there. You got to ask. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. I don't want to keep you on for too long. I know we were supposed to start at three, and it took us a bit to go live. I really appreciate you coming on. We will obviously, John and I will be in touch with you, and we'd love to have you back on uh, again sometime in the future. Love to, and definitely. Please keep us posted, obviously, on whatever you're evolving, and uh, congratulations on everything you've done so far. I appreciate it. Thank you for thank you for the time. Thank you for having me. Hey, maybe the next one we could be on LinkedIn Live doing it. Oh, I would love cool. that. I'm so geeked out to get LinkedIn Live. <laughs> I mean, we spoke off air, but I, I would be so geeked out to be LinkedIn. Yeah. Live. So that maybe that would be that would be the time for the for the recap. So that would be it's awesome. good to have you. Thanks, yeah, John. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Take See care. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was cool. That was yeah. That was cool. That was very too. cool. Uh, I think I think I can still see him though, John. Yep. But uh, no worries. So for those of you listening, we um, are now starting to do some Facebook um, or uh, FaceTime lives so that we can bring you guys great guests from um, different places uh, in the world. You know, in this case, we have, uh, you know, Rudy, who graciously gave us uh, a lot of his time and he came to us from um, Philadelphia, which is really cool. And I really think that honestly, the ability to be able to connect with people from all around the world, whether it be Philadelphia or we've had people from Florida or, you know, people from California or people from a different country. You know, I've gone live with John when I was in Italy. That ability to go live with a wide range of people is is, is super, super cool. And, um, you know, John and I are going to, we'll probably do our shout outs in a second here. I got a couple. I want to do them. And then sure. I'd like to get a really good, honest feedback from John and I for you guys. And, and I had a couple of people who've asked me questions about um, the struggles of running a podcast, the pluses, the minuses, what it, what do you guys use? What have you guys done? And um, just kind of give you guys some of our uh, advice on podcasts and video marketing. Because prior to doing this podcast, I mean, John is way more of an expert than I am in video marketing. He, you know, he has a company outside of Wheelhouse that does video marketing. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of touch base on that. And I'll ask John some questions. I'll throw some questions to John because he is an expert in that area. Um, but any shout outs from you since we oh, didn't do them at the top? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, you got a lot? <laughs> Um, so give me one second here. Alrighty. A lot of you people, uh, probably saw some stuff I put up over the weekend and Mo, you probably did as well. Um, so Maggie cut nine inches of her hair, uh, to donate and it goes to a company in Michigan, uh, hmm. Just want to make sure that we're still live. We are. We are. I can see you live. Yeah. Yep. I okay. can see you. Maggie said she lost the feed. Uh, so anyways, she, the company is in Michigan. And the reason that Maggie decided that this is the company that she wants to donate to, she's done it twice now, uh, is because it's called Children with Hair Loss, predominantly uh, kids going through chemo. Uh, but the it is all volunteers the families, the children, uh, do not get charged anything for the wigs. Oh. Now, there's another company out there, uh, and I won't mention the name, but they actually charge for their wigs. They, I don't know how much. From donated hair? From donated hair. And their, their thought process is um, that they have to pay people to put the wigs together. Sure. And, you know, okay, I get it. Uh, but this particular one in Michigan... 
uh, doesn't charge a dime. So Maggie went, got her hair cut, nine inches. It, she looks great. She always looks great. Still but, looks beautiful. Yes, indeed. She freaked out a little bit, even more than me. <laughs> uh, but that is being sent, and we started, well, she started, actually, uh, asking friends, telling people what she was doing, and saying, hey, we'd like to send a check as well as the hair, uh, small donations, $1 to $5. She put it out on Facebook, uh, talked with some friends, and people started sharing it and donating and sharing and donating. And uh, at this point, she is uh, about 750 bucks. Great. Yeah. So I'm going to ask everybody out there. Uh, there's a lot of people that are very, very generous. Um, not big. We're not looking for $150 even uh, donations. We're just trying to get to 1000 bucks. So if you're out there and watching, listening, it's uh, Wednesday the 14th. She's going to send the check. We're uh, collecting through Friday evening, so the 16th. If you see this, hear this before the 16th and you want to donate, reach out to me. I can give you her quick pay or PayPal account. Uh, we just want to get to 1000 bucks. be able to send that with the, with the hair. Yeah, please share it, guys. Um, I will get it to a thousand bucks, no matter where it stops. Um, and then, obviously, if it gets past a thousand, I'm I'm in on the donation, obviously. But uh, thank you, Maggie, for doing that. I know how brave it is for uh, somebody to uh, well, somebody, but women especially, to mm -hmm. go ahead and cut off a lot of their hair. It takes a long time for you uh, ladies to grow your hair, yeah. um, and I know it's a brave thing to do. And I'm sure it'll go uh, to helping a bunch of kids who really, really, really oh need it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I mean, I've had family members. My grandma went through cancer, watched her lose her hair. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a very traumatic thing for an adult. Yep. Um, I, I can imagine it's even uh, exponentially more traumatic for a child. Yeah. So what a beautiful thing they do. And it's mm -hmm. awesome. And I had no idea that the other charities may charge for this sort of thing. Yep. Um, still happy they do it but sure. uh kudos to um the charity for not charging and actually being able to give these kids some so some relief we're going to try and have the ceo of the charity on within a month or two cool. just do a facetime that'd be and awesome learn more about it uh fantastic organization great work and just big hearts you know between the people doing the work and the people donating the hair uh Maggie as well, of course. Uh, but that's my big shout out is to her for doing that the second time now and also adding on this facet as far as the, the financial donations. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have nine inches of hair to cut, otherwise no. I'd want to do it. Um, I got a few inches up a here. A couple here, a couple there. A couple hairs up here, yeah. but uh, shout out to Maggie. My shout outs are very, very quick. I'm going out of town um, tomorrow for my mom's 60th birthday, which is on the 19th, so I'm taking her to Mexico. But I'm going out of town, and my sister's going to be there too, so and she, she watches the show. Her birthday is tomorrow, so happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday to Sheena. I cannot wait to spend some time with them this weekend, so my shout-outs are pretty quick. Oh, one more shout-out. Sure. Shout-out to um, the guys I raced with this weekend at Round 3 Racing. Um, obviously, the uh, team owners, Brad and Buzz, for uh, constantly allowing me to um, be a madman behind the wheel of their cars, but specifically to uh, the entire crew that Mark Gamora brought out. We had two cars that got hit, unfortunately. 24-hour races are very, very long. Mm -hmm. And uh, these guys had not slept for hours upon hours before the race because they had to get everything set up. And then they worked throughout the night to get us back out and racing very, very quickly. Um, and then they had to work to get everything set back up to leave. Mm -hmm. um, so these guys, shout out to all of them for... Uh, you know, really being there for like 40 hours awake and then having to be sharp for 40 hours awake so that the rest of us can go and drive those cars. So sure. shout out to those guys. I had Absolutely. an absolute riot with them and I know how hard everybody worked and um, uh, sucks that we got hit because we, we had a winning car and really, really wanted to bring home a W, but uh, that's racing. It does happen. Yep. So we got our shout outs out of the way and... I'm doing these things the Wheelhouse Wednesdays where I'm shooting quick uh, videos so that people know what we're going to be talking about leading into Wheelhouse. And it's been kind of good because now leading into it, some people are asking questions. But mm -hmm. we've been having questions 
for a while now about podcasts and we've had guests come on the show and say they're thinking of doing podcasts mm-hmm. and I wanted to um, just shed some light on our story again, some errors we made at the beginning and kind of the steps we've taken to get to here and we're not going to be able to switch around lights and stuff for you guys to see all the lights we have, <laughs> but I'll kind of go let John go through some of that stuff as well. But when we started Wheelhouse, it was really more John and I having a passion about wanting to showcase local entrepreneurs. John, like I said, had a background in uh, video marketing and uh, uh, doing videos. We worked on a charity, the Real Estate Rumble together. He did these incredible road uh, to the Rumble videos that really almost look like a Mayweather um, Showtime 24-7 type thing where he was showcasing the fighters. It was so cool. And I was in WGN's Market Overdrive and one thing led to another and here we are. We wanted to have guests and tell their story and teach you guys about entrepreneurs, but we both had not done a podcast before even though we had some experience that collectively could kind of get us there. So um, we set out on a journey to run a podcast. First week, we looked into programs and stuff and we got um, iPod touches. We just figured they were the way, we must have read something. Um, yeah, John, John's showing them. <laughs> These little iPod touches that people had told us would work for right. shooting video. Yeah. Well, we shot our first one not live and the iPod touches were just zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out and they couldn't bitchy. catch focus. Yeah. So we're like, shit, that doesn't work. So we went and we bought, you probably can't see them, but we have a bunch of iPad, 4K iPads in here. And they run the video um, that you guys are seeing. So there are cameras. They shoot really well. They're not inexpensive. Mm -hmm. We we bought really nice iPads, so they are expensive. But they shoot really well, and the audio is really good, and the quality is great. And whether you love Apple or you don't love them, if something goes wrong, there's an Apple store within 10 minutes of you and you can go fix the damn thing, and there's updates and stuff. So I think that's been pretty good for us. I would let John say No, I agree. Yeah, I do. Uh, So before we started this, and I still, I have an Android uh, phone, a Samsung. Yeah, green text boxes if you text John. (laughs) Um, But you're right as far as having an Apple store pretty much right next to every Starbucks. I mean, it's right down the street all the time. And so if there is a thing, and you can go in and sit and talk and kind of walk through everything. It really does help. It, it's so the the uh, the company that we use uh, to bring in ingest all the video and the audio through the mix board. It's called Switchers Studio. Uh, it's a software, and they're constantly doing updates as well. So that is our actual intake and output. Now we have Switchboard Live which takes what Switcher does, Switcher Studio does, and then ingests that and then multi-streams it out to a variety of different platforms. So right now we're just doing the three. Uh, That's why we wanted to have Rudy on. It was our first time doing it. Have him (laughs) on, talk about it. Super nice guy. Yeah, very very sharp about the process. Um, And you even said, I mean, he really, he took an idea that was... Uh, not out there and I mean really ran with it and did a great job Uh, so I know just from uh, you know doing this process with you uh, over this what year and a half ish you know there's gonna be problems there's gonna be glitches uh, internet will go out yeah (laughs) electricity will go out (laughs) Um, guests will decide not to show up stuff like that Uh, yeah but, but that's any business. I mean, yeah, it really, it really is. is any business. Yeah. Uh, and even moving forward with Switchboard Live, there's probably, and it's going to be on me, there's going to be a, a glitch every once in a while. Uh, but when you're starting, like you said, with any business, you know, I used to like freak anytime there was something uh, that just didn't go right. And uh, now it's just, I just take a deep breath and just fix it keep working and at it. move on. That's a great thing about the internet and what we're doing. And our viewers, our, our passionate viewers, they, you know, if we go a few minutes late, they understand why. Yeah. Well, we'll ex- big we'll shout out to you yeah. on this because, and I, and I mean this, and I'm not, it's, I'm not um, trying to promote John in a way, uh, I'm not trying to be promoting in a way, but I am probably more, te- I joke that I'm not techie, but I'm probably more good with technology than the average person. 
But I would give you the advice that if you are going to run a podcast, you need to have somebody like John who knows how to do the video, knows how to work a switchboard, uh, knows how to get it out there and and work. If you guys, and, and maybe we'll take a photo and put the f- a photo of the studio mm, yeah. up. If you guys could see how many wires are running through here, mm-hmm. uh, the average person would have a heart attack trying to man all of this. I don't worry about it. I just sit here. I ask guest questions. I'll talk about how I structure that as well. But um, if you don't have a John, you're probably screwed. If you're going to do a legitimate podcast netcast where, you know, if you've watched our show before, we have split screen. Sometimes we have three, four people. And John is doing that on the fly. So sometimes when he knows that my conversation is going to lead into an answer from somebody else but that we're going to converse back and forth quickly. Mm -hmm. He's on a split screen with me or he's just going to go like right now, (laughs) or he's going to just go to them. So all of these little things that you see that um, pop up from a video standpoint and from like a visual standpoint, John is doing on the fly behind a switchboard and an iPad and and a bunch of wires. So I would tell you, you got to kind of reach out to a guy like John or, um, you know, use podcast space that's already set up with somebody Mm -hmm. that knows what they're doing like John, because if I had to do what I'm doing and then worry about the feed and moving things around, it would virtually be impossible. It's an impossibility that you do it. Now, if you want to just have a camera in front of you and have a friend sit next to you, I used to do that with main street Mondays and Mo and Mm -hmm. we just like sit shoulder to shoulder and have a conversation. That's fine. You can do that. But if you really want to set up a legitimate podcast netcast, that's going to now go out to a bunch of different people in a professional manner, you need the producing side of that because without it, no one person is going to be able to do all those things. So shout out to you for that. And, Thanks, and my sir. advice to you guys would be you have to find somebody who knows what they're doing or who has a background in it. Don't have them try to figure out how to do it because you it's harder than you think. It's not simple. And then from that, you know, it's the editing of short clips. One of those mm-hmm. little things that, you know, John does, um, you know, we, we take out snippets of our uh, of our guests on here and we we share those snippets and a lot of times it's little bits and pieces of advice or a cool story about a guest that we, we just picked up on and we want to tell that story but not for somebody to have to listen to an hour-long show to get that story so right. john's able to then take the video and then cut that stuff out edit it get it up um on the different social media platforms and then we are able to better tell the story of our guests. So if you're going to do something where you have guests on and you want to tell a story about them and they say something impactful, you after the show want to go and be able to uh, carve that out. I don't know how to carve that crap out. <laughs> not, they're not, it's not crap, but I don't know how to carve video out. Right. So it, it becomes difficult. So again, you need somebody who has that um, ability to do things. You know, John and I are partners in this. Normally, mm-hmm. If we weren't partners in this, I'd have to go hire John and spend a lot of money on that. But it's money well spent. You know, if you're going to do this professionally, you have to hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Correct. And uh, I'm, I keep promoting you here, and but I'm giving you a lot of props. My shout outs are all to you and my mom Thank and you, sister. thank you. But um, one aspect is what we're doing with Switchboard Live. You know, we've gone live in this video feed. It, video is technically called a netcast. It's out on now YouTube, on Twitch, Facebook. You know, it, go, it goes to all these different places, hopefully one day on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But there's an audio aspect to having a podcast. And I've had a lot of my friends, Matt Rosen in specific, Lawrence Dunning, who's been a guest on the show, and he listens to it. You know, he goes for long workouts. And what he says is, you know, he downloads our audio and listens to our audio. So um, some people in their cars, when they're going for a run, a jog, they're sitting, you know, on a train, they might listen to the audio of your podcast. You know, we're on Spotify. It's cool. I just downloaded Spotify and started using it. And I saw Wheelhouse. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I, you know, saved it. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Mm -hmm. Google Play, Mm -hmm. iHeartRadio, all all these platforms where you can listen, not just have to look at the video. So after you have a show that you've recorded, you want to just make sure that that audio also gets on all the platforms. Because, you know, like Rudy and I were just discussing, a lot of these different platforms carry a different audience. So somebody who's used to using Spotify might not now go download iTunes just to listen to your podcast. But right. if you're on everything, 
your demographic is likely going to see you at some point. So mm -hmm. while we have people watching live right now and asking questions after the show, we get a lot of post views and listens on all the platforms because we go everywhere. Again, thanks to John. I have no hand in that because I uh, don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, you really need that two person kind of duo to be able, one person to be able to do the stuff like that and then somebody to just focus on learning about the guests and then questioning them. Right. Yep, yep. Um, I agree with everything you just said as far as being able to try put it out uh, across the webosphere and the podcast sphere. Um, everybody knows iTunes, but a lot of people use Androids and iTunes, right, Spotify, you know. Uh, so that's why I wanted to make sure that we had multiple channels. Uh, and really, as far as you and I, uh, always talk about Rogan, Joe Rogan. Yeah. And, you know, he started way before this was a big thing. Yeah. And really kind of carved a niche. And he, he even said, you know, it, was, it, was, it would be him and a buddy sitting in his living room talking into one mic. And now you look at how much it's grown. But the, the consistent buildup and the bringing for him, bringing on other people to be able to do the the video portion and everything. Anybody that is going to uh, go down this path and you want to do it right, make sure you, you're going to be able to give about 35 hours a week just behind the scenes in order to do it right. Because between the graphics and the editing, and you and I both, we both reach out as far as bringing on guests. Well, more so you for sure. Well, I'm starting okay, to now. You're starting yeah. to a lot yeah. more. Uh, but it really trying to, they're doing us a favor by coming into the studio at the time that we allocate. So trying to get everybody scheduled and get their background and everything. Uh, it just, it takes time. So I've had a couple, peop a couple people come to me and one in particular. And he's like, hey, you know, I want to do this thing. And what you and Mo are doing is cool. And I have this idea and blah, blah, blah. Great. So we got, uh, we got together. And I started going through the checklist of things that we should do to get his idea up and running. He's like, oh, okay, I'll call you. Calls me a few days later. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of work. I'll call you back. I'm like, okay. So he calls me back like a week later. And he goes, hey, man, uh, so I, I got a couple friends that would be great guests. I'm like, okay. He's like, so can we do like practice? And I'm like, well, okay, are you looking to launch something or you want to just sit around the table with your buddies? Because if so, I'm going to charge you. He's like, oh, you won't do it for free? I'm like, yeah, well, it's a lot you, of yeah, time. <laughs> I, I think, I'm like, I don't think you understand what goes into this. I think people, and again, so I don't advocate, I advocate sitting with your buddies and doing one video more than doing nothing for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, video content like Rudy and I talked about, you got to do it. Whether Absolutely. you're scared about it, whether you're not, I think video content's super, super important. It's getting more important. But I think that Joe Rogan was able to do what Joe Rogan did because he's just a famous guy. I mean, sure. you know, he has access. Joe Rogan can call up Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders comes on his show. Right. You know, trust me, you guys won't be able to do that. We've been very lucky in that we've had fantastic guests, mm -hmm. um, uh, some of them famous, mm -hmm. and it's been a, it's been us really putting a lot of effort into showcasing good guests. But mm -hmm. like you said, it takes some effort to ask somebody the favor of coming on a show, making sure you're prepared for it, and you got to give them the right amount of time. And you got to do enough due diligence into your guests as well. One of the things mm -hmm. that I do before a guest comes on is I try to consume as much information out there about them as possible. So if they've made 10 videos, I will watch all 10 videos because I want to, from those 10 videos, I pick out stories and things that they've told. Sure. And then I, I cater questioning to them. And, and mm -hmm. for, for people watching, like I, I don't memorize these questions. I have an iPad in front of me. I don't speak off of my iPad, but I have an idea of their background. You know, I have notes about somebody's background and what they've done and where they've come from so that I can effectively have a nice conversation with them because I don't want to wait. You don't want to waste their time. No. So you have to, like John said, it, it is a, it's a real endeavor. If you're going to do it, you got to be consistent. We do it every week. Mm -hmm. um, 
And if you want to get, and, and, and you got to do it every week and you got to know it's a long runway until it catches steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, we're using Joe Rogan again. He's a famous guy with really famous guests. Mm-hmm. So when those famous guests tr- share the video that, hey, I'm going to be on the Joe Rogan live show, or here's the video from Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, it starts to get millions of views right away. You're not gonna get that. Mm-hmm. I, I am not famous. I also don't not have a following. I have a fairly strong following, mm-hmm. but it's to the average person. It takes a while to get there. So you gotta have good content. You gotta not think it's gonna happen overnight. You have to make sure that whoever you're working with on the production side it is compensated. Unless he's your partner, you better mm-hmm. hope to God that you compensate him because he's not gonna wanna do it for that many hours for for, mm-hmm. for a long period of time. But know that... If, if you want to do it, I think do it right. I think do it the correct way. There are places where you know you can reach out and reach out to us. We're, we're happy to give you guys um, like more information than we're giving you right now because obviously we're limited in time. But we'll, we'll point you guys in the right direction. But, but you, I, I think you should do it professionally. I think it's becoming a crowded space. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think if, like Rudy said it too, he goes, if you got crappy audio and you have crappy video, people are just are not going to watch you. No, there's too much good stuff out there. Yeah. So it's a now crowded space. So do video no matter what. Yep. I prefer live, but if you got to do video, do video. But if you're going to do a podcast or an podcast, do it professionally. We have, you know, you can see the microphones, obviously. We have headsets in here. Um, you know, we um, have built mugs so that people can drink mm-hmm. out of them so the visuals are right. We have, you know, over some of the shoulders, we have wheelhouse. Um, when our guests are in, we have wheelhouse um, signage signage behind them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of our um, cameras are on um, tripods that move up and down because obviously some people are taller, some people are shorter. You yeah. know, and these are the production things that John has gotten very good at is making sure when people come into studio a half hour early, he makes the aesthetics look right. So I'm not very tall. And we've had guests that are six foot five or six foot six, <laughs> yeah. but on the screen, it doesn't look like you know a, a tiny person's talking to a big person, and, right. and the video looks uh, wrong. So make sure you guys do a professional job of it. You're going to need mics. You're going to need headsets. Mm. Uh, you're going to need something camera based. We we like our 4K iPads. I think mm. they work fantastic. You're going to need a switcher board. Mm-hmm. You're going to need these programs that are able to get the video to go out. You know, you're going to need tons of chargers for everything. You know, we have yep. a charging bank. You got to make sure everything's charged up every week. Uh, there's wires galore. We'll take a photo actually and we'll, we'll post it up. Sure. And then John has a lot of light. You guys cannot see this place, but he's got a lot of lighting in here. So lighting is so important for video and basically the entire um, ceiling here, he's put up, what kind of lights are these called? Softbox. Softbox lights. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know shit. <laughs> but we got softbox lights that John's hung all over this place so that it looks it looks lit up and it looks right. Because any room or building you go into, and I can take a picture of our ceiling and, and post it up, um, is not going to have the adequate lighting that you mm-hmm. need to have great video content. You know, like I was on WGN's Market Overdrive, but I'm WGN's studio. They, right. they have put together a yeah. really yeah. nice studio. But when you're in there, there's a lot of effort going on behind the scenes with the lighting. Because sure. you, you in, and your guests are going to want to look good. You know, yeah. your guests don't want to look like they're in dim lighting or crappy lighting and all mm. that stuff. So um, you got to get the right lighting. You got to get the right microphones, get the right camera, and then all the miscellaneous stuff that comes with it. It's just is super yeah, important. Little ongoing i mean we're still buying stuff, we're still buying right? stuff yeah and you don't have to buy everything right away but i'll tell no. you we bought outside of the the goof up we did with the ipod touches we really had a lot of the stuff from go because mm-hmm. again because you knew what it would take to make it visually look good mm-hmm. if i had done it by myself i would have never thought about the softbox lights i probably would not be using the headsets and some people sometimes come in and you, joe and them use headsets too mm-hmm. Your headsets are super important. Some people don't like it visually. They're like, oh, it ruins my hair. I want to take it off. Um, But your ability to hear is so important. And sometimes when things go out or you have those errors and um, a program dies out, 
I can hear that the audio went out and yep. then I'm like, okay, now we know there's a problem. John knows there's a problem and then he behind the scenes can fix it. So yep. um, highly recommend having the headsets. I, I was anti-headsets at the beginning. I know. I, I didn't like it probably <laughs> because it messes my hair up, but I'm very pro headsets now because I think that you really need it. And I think mm -hmm. it also helps you understand people's volumes. Exactly. You know, another and great they, thing John does, people's volumes switch. People go yeah. back, people go forward. Well, whenever we go live, there is not so much for you and I, because we do this all the time, but for people who are just new in the studio, there's a shot of adrenaline, mm -hmm. and they automatically start talking a lot louder. Hey, or they get you? nervous, yeah. and they, they sit and back. So, and it calms down a little bit, but it's nice to be able to hear yourself as a guest and us being able to hear, so you can also hear crosstalk, and you can start, you, you'll know if somebody's talking it starts talking over you, you'll know, okay, we're still at good volume, or you'll just let it go and let them talk yeah. about whatever they want rather than crashing our board here. <laughs> and don't get, don't be afraid of doing it. Just do it. I mean, I, I, oh, I yeah. mean this with all the sincerity in my heart. The first couple times I did this, I had a lot of nerves, especially <laughs> with people I didn't know. You know, when I have a friend on or somebody that I know, you know, we had Ryan Cotter on very early. Mm -hmm. uh, we know him very well. Very sure. easy to have a conversation Jamie with him. Z. Jamie Z. Jamie Lawrence. Z. Lawrence was on very early. You know, we had Jay Valco on relatively yeah. early. Albron. These guests, I... I knew very, very well, so yeah. I can have a conversation with them easy. The rest of the guests, I mean, we had Gary McCarthy on. I, I got to be honest, I was scared half to death to talk to the guy. You know, right. couldn't be a friendlier guy and sure. was the most gracious guy with his time. I did a lot of research into him. I definitely did not want to goof the message up for a guy who was running for mayor, especially because he had so many good things that he wanted to get across. So, mm -hmm. but it takes a while to, I was nervous then. I mean, I was to nervous. People yeah. were like, oh, you didn't seem nervous. And I'm like, trust me, down deep, I was nervous <laughs> the first time. Then he came back again and you know, he, oh, he's yeah. a friend now and it's, yeah. it's easier. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay to be nervous. But sure. if you're well researched into what you want to talk about, just have a conversation then. Know yep. what you want to talk about to somebody and then have a conversation so you're not wasting their time and mm. you come across professional. I think that, that for me, from a, from a host standpoint, the most important thing is you got to know your audience and then mm. you got to know who your guest is and you got to just make sure that you ask the important questions. So on top of that, uh, something we do, regardless of who it is that's coming in, because nobody wants to walk in and not know what they're going to be asked because, you know, yeah. they're on the spot too. So we send out a questionnaire. Uh, Correct. That's really good like Eight or ten questions. Yep. Just basic back, background stuff. Um, but I always tell people in the note, like, you know, this is sort of the line of questioning. And then also, if there's anything in particular you want Mo to ask about, you know, make sure to let us know so that he can research it like you, you always do uh, and speak to them on an educated level, so that conversation can go back and forth nice and easy. Um, and people really are very good as far as, you know, I, it's usually within 48 hours I get it back. Yeah. Week in advance, so we have time to look it over and such. Um, the one other, going real, real quick back, uh, my affinity with lights uh, has gone for, I've been in this for years, and the worst thing when you're doing a video, and I know you touched on it, is to have somebody on video who has no light, so it looks all dark under here or the bags under their eyes. You want to make sure that people are nice and bright and level as far as their lighting. Uh, a lot of times when I'm shooting commercials or four or five minute info video, uh, when I'm first talking with the client, and I mentioned lighting and what what is necessary. And the person will look at their ceiling and be like, oh, we've got lighting. It's like, yeah. no, you, you have illumination. You don't have lighting. Lighting is this where you can really highlight people's features. Yeah. And it, it, there are lighting designers out there that are fantastic, fantastic at what they do and make a good living because it takes time and it you know costs money and so on and so forth. This is pretty basic, but... Uh, yeah, if you're going to do a, any kind of a show, get at least four or five so that you can dispel shadows on people's faces under their chins and behind them because that just looks bad. John has set these lights up to bring out my best features. <laughs> it's all over. 
No, but I, I agree. I think when I, when I watch, and I watch every show back always mm -hmm. because I'm very critical. And I recommend to people who do shows to do that. Be critical sure. of yourself. I'm very critical. You know, yeah. at the beginning, John and I, you know, I had words that I would say over and over again. And I don't know if they were crutches or just words I use in commonplace. John's like, hey, listen, you say this a lot. And I, then I would listen back. I'm like, oh, shit, I do say that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, I got used to removing those things in mm -hmm. conversation, not just on air, but in general, I got used to saying them less. But I think it's good to give yourself kind of a critical view of every single show and just make sure that you, you know, you're going to get better as time goes on for sure. Mm -hmm. That you just kind of, you, um, you, you master your craft as best you can. And, mm -hmm. and to, I'm going back now to touch on your questionnaire. One thing that we do is we get somebody in studio about 30 minutes ahead of time because mm -hmm. the extra 30 minutes a, you can do the mic checks, the sound checks, you can get the lighting correct, you can get the camera's heights correct. But while John's doing that, I have a conversation with him. I just get to know them for about a half hour. And I think the amount of comfort that we build in a short half hour for one another um, does wonders for the show. Because some again, friends are friends, you know each other. Um, we've got to the point that we've had a lot of people on that I've never met before. And having a 30-minute conversation so we know each other, we know each other's stories, really allows us to connect and have a really cool interaction on air and just get to know each other more on air. So I highly recommend, not just for the setup of your audio and your visual, get somebody in there about a half hour early so mm -hmm. you can have a, like a meaningful conversation. And then if they want to me to ask something about the story that that maybe I just haven't touched on. They can tell me. I've had people come in here and be like, "Hey, listen, we're doing this new cool thing. We didn't even put it on the questionnaire, and mm -hmm. it's new. It's cool. Can you guys talk about it? Of course, we can talk about it. We'll chat mm -hmm. about it as much as you want. And John can quickly build a graphic that mm -hmm. then touches on this cool new thing. So, get people in studio a little bit early so you can build a connection, get the audio and visual right, and do it professionally. I, I've had so much fun. I tell people, and this is going to sound bad for everything else. I I do my most fun day of the week is my Wednesdays you know I really enjoy this I, it's it's a way for us to meet a lot of cool people tell their stories and just interact with folks and and, and I'm very appreciative and I know John is too of all of you who tune in all the time we have some regulars which is cool yeah um, you know those of you who share us and even those of you who don't share and comment and like who who've stopped me I've been like, dude, I watch Wheelhouse. I love Wheelhouse. When can I be on Wheelhouse? You know, mm -hmm. I was just um, at Freeze and Float again. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. Shout out to uh, Mulatan in Carolina. I, I'm going to be a regular there, you know, and uh, Mulatan had a great time on the show. So Carolina is linking me with somebody else who wants to come on the show now. So, cool. um, you know, I just, I enjoy that. I enjoy meeting people. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just become a very cool thing. Yeah, it is. It's uh, everything you just said. And, yeah. When uh, we had Milan on, uh, Carolina couldn't join him because of something, whatever it was. Uh, but maybe in the future, have him. I'd love the, the two shop of them and, and have her yeah, in, or, or the, the two, two of them, them. on yeah. together. I yeah. shout out to them. I've done it two weeks in a row now. I've gone there and now. I've done the infrared sauna. Yeah. I've done the uh, cryo twice, and I did the uh, float tank. First nice. of all, the place is beautiful. It's cool. I've been to these things before, and they don't look like this. They right. they <laughs> they just don't. Um, right. it, it looks like a very high end spa. They mm -hmm. treat it like a very high end spa, mm -hmm. and um, the infrared sauna was amazing. I mean, I I was rushing to get here because it took me so long. So I did the forty five minutes, but I could only stay in for thirty, so we could do the show. Right. Um, and I sit in a sauna a lot, and it was uh. It, it wasn't uncomfortable. You're sweating and you can feel like it, you're getting the benefits of a sauna mm. without feeling like you're going to die after 15 minutes. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm a sauna goer. And if I'm at lifetime after 15 minutes, when that thing goes all the way down, I'm in pretty bad shape. Yeah. Um, this is a totally different thing. You can throw your uh, AirPods in, listen to some Spotify, which is what I was doing really? and relax. And then okay. the cryo is, I do the, coldest now very very cold but i feel so much better now good and the float tank i came in here you and lawrence last week were like oh he was bouncing around mentally the greatest one hour break i've taken in a long time so Sweet. highly recommend it my back felt better the following day going into racing cars um so shout out to them again cool but yeah i would um i would tell you guys uh 
reach out to John, reach out to me if you have any questions about how we do Wheelhouse. If you have an aspiration to do a podcast, both of us are very givers gain. Anybody who has ever wanted to grow a law firm that sat down with me, I'll give them my playbook. You want to open a real estate company, I've sat down with people, given them my playbook. Same thing with the podcast. We'll sit down, we'll give you a playbook. Mm -hmm. um, we want to just make, the more content that's out there, the better, the better. it is for us sure. to, as, as well. Yep. So that's all I got. Um, if I think of anything else, I'll, I'll put it in the comment section. But I think we basically got everything. I think so. A lesson uh, on how to run a yeah, podcast. How to run a podcast. A successful one so yeah. far. <laughs> yeah. No fun uh, one. So next week, we have a former UFC. Uh, I know he fought in other leagues as well, or for promotions. Uh, Mr. Jeff Curran. He goes by Big Frog. Mm -hmm. Big Frog. Uh, really cool guy. Very funny. Uh, and there are fights this weekend that I know I'm going to watch. I assume you yep. will. Uh, so we'll probably touch on that a little bit. But he has a, a gym up in the northwest suburbs mm -hmm. that is fantastic. It's uh, big and beautiful. And he's and got new he's locations been, coming too. Does he? Yep. Oh, I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Uh, We've got the MMA segment, but also he is a brilliant business person. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to have him on. And uh, yeah, that's really for this week. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm super psyched to talk to Jeff. I mean, I, a lot of guys that I've trained with have gone there to train before, and he's a pioneer in the sport and a legend in the sport, yep. not just in MMA and jiu-jitsu mm. as well. You know, mm. his jiu-jitsu uh, schools are humongous. He's He's a very high level black belt mm -hmm. and um, he's created a lot of very high level black belts in his gym. And like you said, their business is uh, awesome Yeah, and uh, their gym is very cool. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to talk to him about everything he does. I'm very psyched to talk to him about the upcoming couple cards that we have in the UFC because yeah. there's some cool cards coming up. And yep. He knows a lot of them intimately and he's trained a lot of um, future and, you know, uh, yeah. future world former and future world champions mm -hmm. so, so i'm excited indeed that's all i got yeah all you? I got that's, too. It? that's it i'll see you guys next wednesday at three hopefully a lot more tan than i am right now <laughs> in three two